Hey, it's Sean from the Commander's Brew. Before we get to this episode, I've got a very important announcement to make. I'm switching podcast hosts. Normally, I wouldn't have to say anything, but modern podcast hosting is pretty advanced, and the way I've been doing things is pretty old-fashioned. So it's not as simple as just updating the feed and then you don't notice anything. If you want to keep listening to this show, and I really hope you do, you'll have to click the link in the show notes. That'll take you to the new feed, and you can subscribe there. I'll keep publishing episodes on this feed until sometime the end of January, that should give people enough time to switch over to the new feed. And if you're coming back from the future and you're wondering why there hasn't been an update since sometime in January, this is why. I've got so many new episodes for you over on the new link. Anyway, here's this episode. Hey, it's Sean from the Commander's Brew. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you listening. This week I'm going to talk about Fareed Enterprising Salvager. This is that legendary that came with the Brothers War Commander decks. It's the red one that makes scrap tokens. I'm just so fascinated by the fact that it makes a scrap token, which is a useless piece of cardboard. I mean, we all know it's not useless. Commander players will find value in anything. But I thought I'd do a little bit of a deep dive on Fareed. If you wanted to run Fareed as your commander, the kinds of cards that you'd want to put in that, and some other kinds of decks that want to use Fareed in the 99. Sort of help you identify where Fareed should go and Fareed's strengths. But before I do, I just need to take care of a little bit of business. If you're really enjoying the podcast and you'd like to support it in some way, there's lots of ways you could do that. Sharing the show with your playgroup is the number one way to do so. It's all about getting onto more eyes and ears. If you're planning on buying some cards, I'll have a link to all the cards I talk about in the show notes, and through that link is a TCG player referral code. So if you go through that link, you want to look at the cards I'm talking about, any other cards you buy after you've been through that link does help the show. And probably the best way, or the most impactful way anyway, is through patreon.com slash commandersbrew. There's rewards and just kind of an ongoing way to support the kinds of things you like your content creators putting out. Homestretch, I got a special deal for my fellow Canadian listeners and two ads, one fake, one real, from the Wizard's Tower. This holiday season, give someone you care about the gift of freedom, financial freedom, by investing in Phyrexian digital coins. Introducing the Norn Coin, digital online currency inspired by Erlash Norn themselves. You've heard of the blockchain. Well, we are backed by the secure nature of the Phyrexian food chain, where Phyrexian organisms are judged by their ability to survive nightmarish worlds. You'll only get the successful ones that evolve with an unspeakable mixture of necrotic tissue and greasy metal. And we offer complete transparency if you put it in a glass box or something else see-through. And we promise... It's not going to make our stuff plus two plus two and your stuff worth minus two minus two. Trust us, Norncoin, a division of Darksteel Industries. And now the real ad by the Wizard's Tower. WizardTower.com. Not only is that a great website to get articles on Commander and other magic formats, it's a great place to buy singles too. And if you're in Canada, you can use coupon code BREWBROTHERS to get 5% off. The Wizard's Tower does not accept Norncoin. Nobody accepts Norncoin. Now back to the show. Okay, let's get to this episode. This is Fareed Enterprising Salvager. If you're not sure, this is a three-mana commander. Two and a red, legendary human soldier, 3-3. Here's the cool part. Whenever a non-token artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you create a colorless artifact token named Scrap. It's named Scrap, which makes it sound like it's your pet dog called Scraps. It likes to run around eat all the little extra metal that you're not using. It's probably very cute. I'll finish reading the card. And then I will talk about Scrap. So Farid has an activated ability with three choices. One in a red, sacrifice an artifact. Oh, I don't know, the Scrap we just keep making. And then you choose one. You put a plus one, plus one counter on Farid, and it gains Menace until end of turn. So then we've got a 4-4 four, four Menace for an extra two mana. Not bad. We can goad target creature. That one is the most interesting. 
and then we can discard and then draw. The discard and draw is fine. I don't want to pay two mana and sacrifice an artifact to have to do it though. We only get scrap when an artifact dies, when an artifact goes from the battlefield to the graveyard. So discarding it doesn't do anything. I don't hate having it though. I just don't predict using it. Go to creature is very interesting. We have the potential to go to a bunch of creatures in one turn by spending mana in pairs and sacrificing the appropriate artifacts. We could also consider keeping one big creature kind of permanently goaded like we'll always just keep it quote unquote tapped down by goading it every time it comes back around to us again i don't love the idea of holding two mana for that every single turn but it's an option and then the plus one plus one counter actually might be the most surprising one if we've got a ton of mana at the end of turns we can just pop some mana into that sacrifice for some artifacts add a couple of counters to farid i don't predict using the menace that way because i'm hoping to use most of these effects on other people's end steps that's where farid really shines but honestly i think it's all about that scrap the real shame though is i don't think they made a token for that scrap at least not the one that i could find online so let's i want to start by talking about some basics of deck brewing you want to put in some ways to ramp you want to put on some utility type of effects clearing out graveyards and a lot of that stuff can come on artifacts that sack themselves that's going to be the easiest way to have an artifact go from the graveyard to the battlefield or you know what i mean from the battlefield to the graveyard mindstone hedron archive dreamstone hedron all the clue stones is it the clue stones there's a ton of mana rocks that let you pay a bit of mana and sacrifice them and then you maybe draw some cards but also we'll be making scrap with that. Obviously the clue stones have multicolor. You can't do that in Fareed on its own, but I'm hoping Fareed would probably go on a lot of other decks. I can't imagine running Fareed solo as the main commander. Commander's Fear, that's a one that just sacrifices itself for free to draw a card, which is excellent. Then you got Tormod's Crypt and Soul Guide Lantern, ways to clear out graveyards. There's tons of them. I am intrigued by Glittering Stockpile. That's the one from New Capenna. It's two and a red artifact treasure, and you can tap it to add red and put a stash counter on it. So it's basically a mana rock that taps for red. Three mana mana rock. These things are plentiful in the pantheon of commander cards we have access to. But every time we do it, we get to add a stash counter. And we can also sack it to add X mana of any one color where X is the number of stash counters. So there's going to be a turn where we can maybe crack it for three mana. We've been getting a mana every turn anyway. And we get a piece of scrap to go along with it. It seems like there's tons of potential here, but we probably want it in more of a proliferate type of thing. Honestly... I've never drawn this in my opening hand, so I don't know what it's like to get it down early. It's probably why this card isn't run more, because if you don't get it early, it's kind of bad. Anyway, let's talk about some cards that are generally good with an artifact strategy. So if you've got Farid as the head of the deck, you probably want most of these if they're mono red. And also, if you're just generally running an artifact commander, another reason to run these cards. Inspiring Statuary is one of my faves. It is a three mana mana rock, sort of. It's three for an artifact and it says non-artifact spells you have when you cast them they have improvise so we can tap artifacts to help with casting it's the same as convoke but with creatures and if you don't know convoke well that's for another podcast inspiring statuary can tap itself to add one mana or to count towards one mana for non-artifact spells that's why it's sort of a one mana mana rock you get to use it once now in an artifact deck you probably have a lot of artifacts and you can't use this on those. This card gets better when you make a lot of artifact tokens, which is like what scrap is. But again, for scrap, you need to have a non-token artifact go to the graveyard. And the more of those you got in the deck, the less of those you are being able to use Inspiring Statuary on. However, 
when it comes up, I think is extremely useful. And since Farid or whoever's in the command zone will be a non-artifact, I guess that's not true. They they might be artifact, but they're probably a non-artifact creature. So this will always work on those. And in addition, so will your other artifacts. If I'm running a Farid deck, I'm making a lot of artifacts. And if I don't have any non-artifact spells, but I do have my statuary, I bet you I can cast my commander again and tap all these artifacts and basically avoid paying tax the rest of the game until someone deals with the statuary. Slagstone Refineries come, it came from uh, Brothers War. It's an uncommon, but it's quite good. It's a four mana artifact. And whenever it or another non-token artifact is put into a graveyard, same thing about Fareed, you create a tapped Power Stone token, and that's mana. Mystic Forge is another nice option. This is that four mana artifact that lets you look at the top card of your library at any time, and you can cast artifacts off of them or colorless non-land cards. You can also pay a life to exile the top card of your library if you don't like what you see, which is very useful. I mean, if we're talking about non-artifacts dying, sorry, non-permanent artifacts dying, I'm a sucker for Aetherworks Marvel. It's the four mana legendary artifact whenever a permanent you control is put into a graveyard. Again, we probably plan on doing that a lot. I mean, th that works with tokens. If, if tokens die, that's a permanent going to the graveyard, so that counts. Whenever we sacrifice a scrap, we get an energy. And then once we can pay six and tap it, we get to spin the wheel, look at the top six cards, and cast one of those for free. Gearper Ether Grid. It's a three-minute enchantment that lets you tap two artifacts to do a damage to any target with a lot of extra scrap going around. This is excellent. Even in a generally good artifact deck, it's very useful to be able to fling a couple damage around whenever you want. I mean, Mindslaver does sacrifice itself. It's <laughs> You can take people's turns. And I think... You, if you are a political genius, you might be able to convince the table that you have to use Mindslaver because I need the scrap. I'm sorry, I have to sacrifice it to take control of your next turn. I don't even want to take control of your next turn. I just have to do it to get this piece of scrap. Okay, well then, if you have to do it, but you don't want to do it, why don't you just let me take the turn anyway? It's like, no, we got to do the rules. I'm still going to take your turn for you. And, you know, but you can ask me what you want to do and I'll probably listen, but maybe I won't. Anyway, good luck. Now, since we want to generate scrap in massive quantities, there's some repeatable ways to do so. Cards like Goblin Engineer or Goblin Welder, they're both goblins that let you tap and trade artifacts out of a graveyard in a battlefield. They're both worded differently. Engineer has to be mana value three or less. And Goblin Welder lets you do that to anybody at the table. But Goblin Welder is also over 10 bucks by now. And then there's Dreddy Scrap Savant, who is still a buck. <laughs> 50 cents. I can't believe this Planeswalker is 50 cents. But Doretti has a minus two, that's the same thing. Sack an artifact and then return an artifact. And then if we expand and think about Farid in a multicolored deck, what if Farid was in something like an Osgur the Reconstructor deck? Osgur is that Boros 4-4 with Vigilance. I'll read the abilities backwards. The main ability that everyone wants on Osgur is the X-Tap. Exile an artifact card with mana value X or less. Sorry, no, exactly X from your graveyard create two tokens that are copies of the exiled card. Activate only as a sorcery. What does it have to do with scrap? Nothing, but we need to have artifacts in the graveyard to actually use that ability. So you know that those will be non-token artifacts that will be going to the graveyard, henceforth scrap. We can also pay one, sack an artifact, and give a creature plus two plus oh till end of turn, which is cheaper to do. We could maybe give Farid Menace once and then give him plus two plus oh for the scrap instead of using Farid's own scrap that way. And then, you know, while I'm in the Boros world, why not wake the past? Five red, white, sorcery, 
return all artifacts from the graveyard to the battlefield. They gain haste until end of turn. This is a 25 cent card from Commander 21. It's seven mana, but you're going to get way more than seven mana value out of it when you return a boatload of artifacts. I think it's good. I think a red-white list could be interesting with an Osgur brew. I'll have to remember that for later. So let's expand and talk about other commanders that would probably be good with Farid. I like Mishra Eminent one. This is the new Grixis one, also from the Brothers War Commander decks. And this is the one that at the beginning of combat on your turn, you get to create a token that's a copy of a non-creature artifact, and it's a 4-4 construct. It gains haste and you sacrifice it. So this is something we could do with scrap. We could turn our scrap into 4-4s, and there you go. I think Brea Ethereum Shaper is another interesting choice to put Farid in. Brea could really use cards like scrap, because I find the bog with Brea is not having two artifacts to sacrifice to use her abilities. When she enters, she makes two 1-1 one, one blue Thopters, cool, and then you pay two to sacrifice two artifacts. Mainly, I'm, I mostly use target creature gets minus four, minus four, but sometimes three damage to a player or a planeswalker, and sometimes gain five life. But having two artifacts to sack is key. Sometimes you want to do this two or three times in a turn, and you need well, four or six artifacts to do so. So extra scrap goes a long way with Brea. I think Jan Jansen's cool too. That's the Mardu Haste Gnome. It's a 3-3. You can sack an artifact creature to make two treasures or sacrifice a non-creature artifact to make two construct artifacts. They're both 1-1s. Again, scrap turns into 1-1 constructs. Pretty good. Sahili the Gifted. This is the Planeswalker Commander. Um, she's the is it one with her plus one that says the next spell you cast costs one less for each artifact you control as you cast it. Scrap makes it cheaper. Big on those X spells. Is she going to run a ton of non-artifacts that will go to the graveyard? Not sure. But again, this is where Bruin Dex is cool because you could just make your mana ramp artifacts that sacrifice themselves. So if Farid shows up, there you go. If Farid doesn't show up, your game plan's the same. I mean, who out there knew I was going to mention Brutoclad here? Making more tokens is excellent so that when Brutoclad turns one of your tokens into a copy of all your other tokens, each piece of scrap is another potential thing that you can turn into. And you know what? Uh, you know, I love a Brutoclad deck, but I think Galazeth Prismari might be even better for Farid. This is the four mana Elder Dragon, actually, from Strixhaven. When Prismari enters, you create a treasure, but with Galazeth Prismari out, all of your artifacts have tap, add one mana of any color, only for instance in sorceries. Very often in Galazeth, you're going to run a bunch of artifacts that come in cheap and probably draw you a card. Things like Mindstone. Mindstone comes down for two, draws you a card. I, mean, I guess Mindstone already tapped for a minute. Let's use another example. Think something like Golden Egg. Golden Egg comes down for two, you draw a card, doesn't do much till you activate it, but it's a mana rock for Galazeth. And if Farid's in town, once you sacrifice that golden egg, maybe you've gotten your mana out of it, you're done with it. Well, now you get a scrap, which is still good for mana. So you haven't lost that mana rack to do it. Excellent. So I was looking for artifacts that can sacrifice themselves. I wasn't sticking to only red ones or colorless ones, and I found Tainted Sigil. I forgot about this card. One white black artifact. Tap and sacrifice it. You gain life equal to the total life lost by all players this turn. All players. If you pay life to do something, you get that back from the sigil. That's kind of the default. If you pay life, you get it back. But if you do a bunch of damage to everybody, then you get a boatload of life. This artifact can be a central piece in some major moves. I mean, we would have to go Mardu if we want to include Farid. 
So I'm thinking Jan Jansen, right? That gnome I already talked about. You're making constructs, you're making treasures. And of course, we would have something like Marionette Master in that deck. This is an all-star. It's still a buck. It's less than a buck. It's 50 cents, but it's a six mana finisher, as a six mana card should be. You fabricate three, so I'm going to put three plus one plus one counters on Marionette Master and make their power four, six. So now all the treasures that I sack do four damage to target opponent. I'm sacking some constructs. I'm sacking scrap. I'm making an opponent lose a ton of life. Maybe I'm cracking the tainted sigil to gain a billion life back after this has happened a bunch. You know, I've probably got Reckless Fireweaver in there. That's the two mana card. You know, I've brought this card up in a lot of episodes recently. Whenever artifacts enter, it deals one damage to each opponent. That's more life gain when the tainted sigil gets cracked. And then there's worlds where like you can crack the tainted sigil, gain a bunch of life, maybe return it from your graveyard to play using one of the numerous spells that do that, crack it again, gain a ton more life. And at that point, if you've got something like Veto out, that's easily game. That three mana vampire, whenever you gain life, your opponents, oh, it's target opponent loses that much life, just mow everyone down. And Veto is still only three bucks pretty good. This seems like a fun core for a deck. Stay tuned. I might do an episode on this. That is if we do not drown in new commanders that I want to brew around. So let's take a break from specific commanders and just expand our search. I'm looking for things that make artifact tokens, things that create tokens. What might Farid be good in? And I did stumble into the Friends Forever group. This is the Stranger Things cards. The coolest thing about the Friends, the, the Forever Friends, the Stranger Things, is that you can mix and match the colors kind of any way you want. Most of them have some sort of artifact angle, which yet again plays into Farid, no surprise. And I th- my starting point is Wernog Rider's Chaplain. This is Orzov, so we're, we're lacking red, but just wait. This is the one that when it enters or leaves, each opponent may investigate. Each opponent who doesn't loses a life. And we investigate X times where X is one plus the number of opponents who investigated. Hard to imagine your opponents won't take the investigate. So we'll probably get four clues. Maybe we've got more scrap going around. A reminder, Farid only gives us scrap when non-tokens die. Second clues will not give us scrap. I'm sure there would be some sort of infinite loop that would be too easy that they just wanted to avoid. So I think my favorite pairing out of the Forever Friends is Sophia, Spear, Sage, Deserter. This is the four mana Boros one, Menace. And Sophia investigates once for each non-token attacking creature when you attack. So I'm not sure which one's going to make you more clue tokens. Sophina has the power to make a whole bunch at once, which is very nice. But Warnog's a bit more reliable. Anyway, there's another Mardu angle. Maybe we got some Jan Jansen in there. We got some Osgir in there. It seems pretty good. And so, okay, one more exploration. If you're looking at Forever Friends friends forever you got to look at partners and you look at partners and you look at who makes artifact tokens who cares about artifacts who cares about sacrificing permanence anything like that and the first one comes up is toggle goblin weaponsmith by the way you have to have red ones in this one of the partners has to have red in it otherwise we can't use farid i mean they don't have to but this is about farid but toggle is basically farid but different toggle is also a three mana red commander but Toggle makes rock tokens whenever a land enters the battlefield. Landfall. Rocks are not useless. A rock has more use than scrap. Rock can be equipped for one, and then you can pay one to sacrifice the rock to do two damage to any target. Landfall is easier to do. You just play your lands, get a rock, but we 
probably only get one rock per turn. Maybe you sack some fetches and you get a couple extra. But with Fareed, non-token artifacts going to the graveyard potentially can yield way more scrap in one turn. So I'm not sure. It's, it's not easy to say which one is better. Another partner that cares about artifacts is Glacian Powerstone Engineer. Hefty 6 mana blue commander, 3-6. But you tap and you tap X untapped artifacts you control. Scrap. Power stones. Equipment. Blood tokens. Clue tokens. Uh, then you look at the top X cards of your library and you put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Fills up the graveyard potentially super quick. You get your pick out of it. Six men is a lot, but you get a lot for it. Going back to the Boros angle, I think Akiri Line Slinger is excellent in something that Farid would want to be in because you get pay two mana for a 0-3 Ferg Strike Vigilance, but also you get plus one plus oh for each artifact you control. That is potentially massive. Akiri is one of the stronger Voltron commanders. You Akiri comes down cheap. They're a commander and you can get their power to 21 with just what you got on the board. You probably don't need to add too much to it, but then we're going to be having equipment. We're going to be doing other things with this. Very strong. I'm interested in Dargo the Shipwrecker. This is the seven mana giant pirate seven five with trample. As an additional cost, you may sacrifice artifacts and or creatures and the spell costs two less for each one you sacrificed. And two less for each other artifact or creature you've sacrificed this turn. So Dargo comes down cheap if you've just sacrificed scrap for other reasons. So 7-5 trample for potentially one red over and over is pretty nice. And then I had to look at teaming him up, partnering him up with Brynlin the Moon Kraken. Six blue blue, eight mana Kraken, six eight with partner. When Brynlin enters or whenever you cast a spell with mana value six or greater, you may return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. It's very cute to think that Dargo is a six or greater spell that we're casting for red, so we will be able to just pay one red, sack a bunch of artifacts, and return one non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Seems like way too many hoops to make this happen, but I thought it was pretty cute. And then lastly, I want to bring up Kodama of the East Tree. Six mana, six, six reach, fantastic partner. Whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control, if it wasn't put under the battlefield with Kodama, you may put a permanent card with equal or lesser mana value from your hand onto the battlefield. That's fantastic. Whenever we make a scrap, that counts as a permanent entering, and we get to put a permanent from our hand with mana value zero, like lands. We're not restricted. We don't have to do non-lands. So this seems powerful enough with Farid as backup, because Farid makes a scrap. And I already mentioned that Togo is kind of a Farid analog, so we could go Kodama and Togo as a bit of a land combo Farid scrappy type of thing. You play a land, Togo makes a rock, the rock allows you to play a land, that land makes another rock, that rock allows you to play a land, that land makes a rock, etc, etc. Farid's kind of left in the dust for this one, but I want blue, and I think I want to do a deck like this. Imagine Kodama plus Something with red and blue, I don't know, you, you got two choices. Crown, Ludovic's Opus, that's the five mana trample in haste. We draw cards whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn. Then there's Ludovic, that's the three mana one that incentivizes your opponents to not attack you because, it, well, I'll rephrase, it incentivizes them to attack each other because at the beginning of their end step, they get to draw a card if someone other than me, the controller of Ludovic, lost life this turn. People love cards. People are going to smack each other, but they can also smack you. As long as someone else has lost life, that doesn't mean you can't have lost life. So it doesn't really save you from much. It's cheaper though. But the reason I want to add blue though is because I want to have Kodama and I want to have access to something like Tatiova, Benthic Druid. Of course I'm going to run Toggle. Of course I'm going to run Fareed. I mean, this is, this is the cool part about doing an exploration like this. You start with Fareed. And you look where this takes you. It takes us to cool commanders. It takes us to partners. 
And then we get to something like this. A Teamer Kodama deck with Farid and Tago. Honestly, at this point, Tago's better. But you got Tetiova Benthic Druid, also Landfall. But this Landfall is gaining life and drawing a card. So now the move is Kodama is around. We play a land. Landfall trigger. Draw a card with Tetiova. If we have Tago, we also make a rock, which allows us to put a land onto the battlefield which triggers Tetiova. That's a draw, that's another land, that's another rock. That's a draw, that's another land, that's another rock. And this is how we're going to keep our hand massive so that we will have plentiful lands to keep triggering this combo. And we still have those rocks hanging around. An inspiring statuary is ready to pop off. AEC, Tyrant of Gyre Strait, is a redundancy in that effect. This is a 6-mana 5-5. You can play an additional land, but also, whenever a land enters under your control, draw a card. 10 bucks from Commander Legends. Then you put the pair of Tirelesses in there. Tireless Provisioner and Tireless Tracker. These are the ones with landfall that whenever you get a land, you get to make a clue or maybe a food or a treasure, depending on which one you have. Again, that's more zero mana permanence. That's more putting lands out with Kodama. That's more triggers. That's more of everything. These function like Togo do. And then imagine something like Bootlegger's Stash. That was the five, sorry, the six mana Mythic from New Capenna. It's like six bucks now, 650. It's a powerful card. It's a bit of a do nothing at first because like lands you control have tap create a treasure token, which is incredible. It basically lets you store your mana that you're not using. That's the stash portion for later. A good commander deck shouldn't have any trouble using all their mana. Paying six to do this means you probably tapped most of your lands to do it. So you're not getting anything this turn. I can see why this isn't a super expensive card, but it is a mythic. And if you're going to want it, I don't think there's much like it. So just consider. Consider grabbing it before it keeps going up. I don't think this is going to go down. That's just me. So I, I'm going to stop here because this deck seems really cool. I'm almost positive I'll do this in another episode. But I'd just love to summarize what we went through today. Went through. What we decided to explore today. This is why I love the brewing process. And I'm glad you came along for the journey. Because I think there's so much more to brewing than to just running your eight best removal cards and four ramps and four rafts and stuff like that. Because Farid seemed interesting. We all know that scrap is not useless. It's peculiar. I'm drawn to it. And, you know, you look around and it's been a blast. When you really dig deep into what a commander can do, you find a bunch of cool stuff. And, you know, maybe we didn't find the perfect deck for Farid, but I think Farid led us to a few cool ideas. Maybe some sort of Boros thing with Akiri or Osgur, or, or maybe we expanded to a Mardu thing. We got Jan Jansen and a bunch of that other stuff going on too. But I think my favorite idea out of all of this is the Teamer, Kodama, Togo, Kraum, extra permanence kind of thing. I think that deck has a ton of potential. The first question I'm excited to tackle when I do it is how many lands do you run? Because I think you want a lot. Anyway, as always, thank you for listening. I couldn't do this without the help of everyone in the Discord. Uh, the people who decided to chat with me and help me look for stuff for free this time was Chiefy, Groove Chicken, Loki Dragon. Much appreciated. And thanks to you, the listener. And please keep being you. The world is a better place for it. I'll see you next time.